Welcome back to See and Free Studio. This is Jen, and this is the place where we like to talk about what makes us unique, special, and different. And today I wanna to talk about those people that knew you when, people that knew you in your early years when you were just growing up. You know, what did they like about you? Uh, what made the two of you connect? Uh, what did they think about what made you unique, special, and different? And do have they seen that change over time? I think that's a good topic to explore with my next guest, who I have known since he was 14 years old. James Mitchell is here with us today, a fellow Texan. He jumped from Rice University to the US Marine Corps and learned to lead and motivate under extreme pressure. After 10 years in corporate strategy, he joined Amazon as part of the team who built Amazon Air. He is now on a new adventure. He is one of the founding team members at Pandian. They're building a delivery network for e-commerce businesses, as, and he is the head of growth and strategy. He's joining us from Washington today. Please welcome James Mitchell. Hey, James. Hey, thank you, Jen. You are welcome. How are, how are you? Uh, how's the view from the office today? Oh, the view is awesome. Uh, we have a beautiful day here in, you know, near Seattle. Anytime the sky's blue, it's uh, it's great. One of our secrets is that we have beautiful summers. So that's right. Yeah. Well, I, you lately you've had some extreme heat there, right? Yes, yes. We had uh, you know about thirty degrees higher than normal, and uh, you know it all worked out. Uh, you know we were fortunate enough to stock up on some ice cream and whatnot. The kids did great. So, <laughs> yeah, kids love that stuff. <laughs> it's a good yeah, good yeah. times. Um, so, James, before we jump right in, tell everyone one a little bit about yourself and tell them about Pandian. Yeah, so I, as Jen described, grew up in Texas, and I had a you know a path in life I thought I was going to take, and that involved research science, and then I suddenly decided to do something else that was kind of everybody thought was crazy which was join the marine corps did that really loved the passionate people and being a problem solver and uh, based on some advice of friends there kind of took that as a career and i've been sort of a professional problem solver first as a consultant and then in-house at companies like you mentioned amazon and one of the biggest problems right now of course is how to get things to people you know through e-commerce and there's some very large established companies that we all know that do it well, but there's opportunity to do it better. There's opportunity to do it in a way if you focus just on that um, that need to get things from retailers to residential areas. So we're a group of people here that have backgrounds at Amazon, Walmart, other companies that believe that we can build the next generation delivery network and insert some technology and some really interesting things to make it uh, faster, more cost efficient, and hopefully everybody. Uh, in the next year or two, we'll start getting packages with our labels on it, and um, we'll start operations later this year, and we'll be covering um, uh, you know, a part of the United States, and we'll be growing even further in 2022. That's great. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. I I want to hear all about it. I know we don't have a, a lot of time just to talk about that today because we have a lot more catching yeah. up to do. I mean, I, and James, you know, the the topic of the show is what makes us unique, special, and different. And uh, you've already told us a little bit about the adventures you've been on in your life. But if you think about those and the, the common thread, the thing that drives you, that's, uh, you know, something that shows up everywhere you go, what is that for you? 
You know, I just love like a problem or a challenge where uh, it's probably a combination of being a problem solver with, I have a lot of curiosity and that's part of what kind of led me to study the things I've studied. Uh, I was a chemist once upon a time, like that was my thing in college, right? And I like to understand how the world worked. Uh, when I was in the Marine Corps, I was responsible for information technology and communications, and I had to understand how radio waves worked and how computers worked. And often I'm, I'm bringing that knowledge and I'm combining it in some way, maybe unexpectedly, uh, you know, to pro solve a problem. And sometimes the problems are really practical. Like just before this call, I was filling out a uh, insurance application for the business, right? And trying to stay awake while, while doing that. But sometimes there are really big problems like, you know, how do we actually do this algorithm better? Or how do we, uh, what, what is really the real problem of the customer and how do we solve that in some new way? And um, so I think that intersection of kind of creativity and problem solving has been the place where I've really camped out and had fun. And so you started the show talking about the fact that, you know, there's, uh, you develop over time, you, you know, you and I have known each other since we were teens, mm -hmm. uh, way back when. Um, and if you had to ask me what I would say about you back then, that curiosity was very much there. That problem solver was there, there from the very get go. Do you know, like, can you speak to the time when you discovered that about yourself or has it been, a, you know, a discovery over time? I think the real first introspection came with the um, uh, that transition out of the military, right? So I had been in the Marine Corps for six years. I had enjoyed my job at the beginning and and the leading like a platoon or groups of Marines, you know, up to 40, 50 people. And I was at a point where I was ready to be general to be, this is going to sound kind of stupid or arrogant, but I was like, I'm ready to be in charge and that's going to take 15 more years. And all the jobs between what I had then and getting to that job, if I did and was lucky, were jobs that I actually didn't really want. And that's one of the benefits of the military. You can kind of see your future, like what's possible. And so I decided that's when I wanted to do something else, uh, kind of go on to the next chapter of my life. Like one te thought technology that's been very useful is to think about my life as like a book with chapters, right? This was the high school chapter. This is the college chapter. And sometimes you don't know it, but you, you're like at the end of that chapter. And so with the Marine Corps, it was very much, okay, what have I actually really loved about this? And then how do I how do I find that somewhere else? And I had to ask people, right, and talk to people. And I was fortunate enough to be on a deployment with reservists who had, you know, a lot of life experience outside the military. And they're the ones that said, well, you might think about this or you might think about that. And I had some great mentors that helped me there and to plan that uh, transition. And the other thing I'll add is, you know, it took a little bit of bravery because you're like completely leaving what you know and a system that takes care of you. And you don't know what the future is going to be, right? If you move to a different job or you move to a different city or you go to a college, um, you know, what's going to happen next? And there's always a little element of like, at least for me, like kind of uncertainty and fear. And I had to just sort of uh, look around and realize that, you know, there weren't a lot of folks that seemed to be doing bad. You know, like, like, like I know I might not succeed in the way I'm imagining, but like, I don't actually see people who are, are bad things really, you know, are ending up like, you know, um, uh, in, in, bad, in dire straits. So actually, I don't know what I'll do, but if I do this, if I change, I'll probably end up doing something I, I, that's fun, right? Yeah. Or working out uh, as a career. Yeah.
And so you did, um, and you went yeah. into corporate strategy. So, I mean, do you think some of that came from your time in the military uh, and also kind of that pursuit of like looking out, you know, looking forward, looking to see what's possible and then trying to figure out how to get there? I mean, what, what drove that shift for you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there were probably two parts. One was in my job in the military, I had to explain and give options to senior decision makers. So one of the great lessons I learned from that was my job was not to come up with reasons to say no. My job was to come up with reasons to say yes. Right. So my boss would say, I need to do X, Y, and Z. I'd say, well, it's, you, we're going to need to get A, B, and C. Now, I might not, I might have A, I might have B, I don't have C. And C could be something like, crazy like i need a helicopter right or i need i need another boat and uh my job was to just kind of give those options and like you know they might actually be able to get that crazy thing right based on the mission so that helped you know that that kind of taught me to kind of create options and like deal with people that are that are senior decision makers in businesses, right, or in government. And then the other part was there was actually a lot of uncertainty in the military. And it tends to have a reputation for being regimented or everyone's, you know, there's always orders and people are gonna tell you what to do. But it's a lot more, I think, in retrospect, like improv comedy where there are rules that you follow, but those rules actually make it really easy to deal with like you don't know what's going to happen in the next minute or 30 seconds or 30 days and you know so i had to basically go into situations some of them in the united states some of them overseas i had a problem to solve right my way to mission and i had to come up with a solution in, in that environment and work it out and so that gave me a lot of confidence that you know with a little bit of i had to go and get some business education and with the right team members if someone came to us and said, I have this problem with my company, right? I, this contract got, well, you know, I did this and I need to, you know, next year I have no revenue. I've got a great business. I've got great people, but like we lost our main contract and now I don't know what to do with my business. You know, we could help them. I, I just believe that we would get to a great answer. And so, uh, and we always did. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I think that's amazing. And you also worked for an excellent firm uh, at the time. I remember that. I got to come visit you up in Boston um, when you were yeah. living there. And, you know, you talked about your life and phases, you know, the problems mm -hmm. that you've you've seen over time and the challenges you've overcome high school and there was college. What's this phase for you? Oh, well, this might be the startup phase where I've left a corporate environment and now I'm back in a, I'm in a very small company and there's all those things that you kind of uh, support you, but also maybe hold you back in a corporate environment or not here, right? So if I want to, you know, we want to hire someone, I don't need to go to the HR department and find out how to hire someone to fill out forms or something like it's, it's just, we do it. Uh, so that's very exhilarating. So it definitely seems like that is a chapter right now. I think, you know, we'll see how it turns out. Um, you know, really, in my personal life, the chapter at this point is fatherhood. And I, I make a joke that, like, I turned you – knew, you knew me when I turned 18, right? Mm -hmm. My joke is that, you know, I was 18 for about, you know, maybe three years, right? And then I turned 21. <laughs> yeah. And then I was 21 for another four years, and then I turned 25 because I could rent cars. And I think I was 25 for, like, 10 years. Mm. And – I kind of thought that, you know, each time you're like, oh, now, now I'm really, you know, I, I'm getting into high school. You knew me at this point. I'm the most mature I've ever been. Like, this is it, right? And then you're like, oh, now I'm a college student, right? Now I've got a job, you know? And 
at that point, that 25 to 35, I kind of felt, okay, I'm an adult, like fully formed, all childish things have been left behind. I'm completely independent. Uh, other people depend on me and like, this is it. And that all changed, you know, when I got married and had children and suddenly that just completely changes your perspective. And I found myself inhabiting my childhood a lot more and like thinking back to things that happened to me as a kid, you know, or like, what would my parents do in this situation? Or what did I like about what they did? What did I not like? And, um, and that has been a real big phase for me. And, um, you know, you're, you're only as happy as your least happy child, someone said. And I'm just, you know, I've got, I've got four kids and, uh, that's a whole nother story that wasn't you know intended. And uh, anyway, but the the point is, it's it's, it's this glorious challenge, and I really don't it, I don't know how it's going to turn out. And it, it it part of me is super terrified, and part of me is also trying to just enjoy every day and you know um, not worrying about the future and all that. Yeah. And there's somebody that knew you through all of these phases uh, and is still with you today. You want to have yes. a little shout out for your wife? Yes. My shout out is to my wife, Kara Forster, who's amazing. And she was like the, the smartest girl in my freshman class and beautiful. And I asked her to homecoming. And, you know, I think one of the, one of the things that really kind of made me a cool guy to go to homecoming with was my friend, Jen had a car and she was going <laughs> to drive us, right. You know, drive us to the restaurant. And so you were there on that first time I ever went out on a formal, um, you know, like event and everybody dressed up and actually I don't, you may not know this, but the first real kiss I ever had in my life happened in the backseat of your car that night. Oh my God. And, I had um, no idea. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then Karen and I both, uh, you know, we had, a, we both had really interesting careers. She joined the Peace Corps after college. My joke is I joined the War Corps. We went in different directions. And then finally, you know, in my, our mid thirties, we were like, what are we doing? We're, we've dated other people, but we always keep coming back to each other. And so, uh, yeah, we got married and here we are you know um with four kids and you know building the next generation that's so. great i had no idea i feel responsible now for your happiness and <laughs> <laughs> your family had i not yeah, driven yeah. you that night absolutely. who knew <laughs> absolutely this is like you know the, the butterfly in china you know flapping its wings i mean right. absolutely jennifer so yeah, yeah. I, I take full credit <laughs> Um, Well, I mean, like I told you earlier, I I have always thought of you as somebody who is ultimately curious. You ask questions like I I like I like that about you, James, like even back then, you know, when we were younger, you were always somebody that just had lots of questions and, and, you know, questions about how to do things, um, you know, how to think about things, how to ask a girl out. Um, I I remember all of those things. I love that because I, you know, I hope that's something that to your point about you're building this next generation that you're imparting on on your kids uh, as you and Kara are raising them. Yeah. I'm trying. I, the um, they're right now between three and ten, and it's really interesting. I'm, I mean, this might be another chapter coming up. That I, I, now my ten-year-old is old enough now to start having some of these kind of deeper conversations. And um, you know, the three-year-old, you're just trying to get them out of diapers, right? But yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, I'm definitely at that phase, and, and um, asking questions is very good. Um, you know, there's this kind of uh, mental model someone taught me about inquiry versus advocacy, right? And there's a way to ask questions, even you know, that you want something to happen, but you're kind of asking 
um, instead of telling, right? And one of the best bosses I ever had was someone who just asked questions. And I remember this one presentation as people came in, right? And they were trying to basically say, you should do this. And everybody talked and he asked one question at the end. And it was like a super devastating question, right? <laughs> and it was like, and it just it shocked everybody. It's kind of hard to tell without the story. Um, it was just, uh, uh, they wanted to install this system to shoot down incoming mortar rounds at this base in Iraq, right? And everybody debated and talked and blah, blah, blah. And he just said, hey, where do the bullets go, right? And it was like, you know, everybody just thought, you know, yeah, that's a good question, <laughs> you know. But he could basically, you could ask questions until you basically realized that you didn't know something or were wrong or had more work to do, and you just basically, you'd be the person to say, okay, I got to go. I, this is not ready. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back next week with a better idea, right? And he would never tell you that. And it was just, it was really an amazing power, almost a superpower. And that's something I don't know if I do it as well as he does, but I, I try to do. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Well, yeah, there's some psychological manipulation in there, but I like it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Get get people to come up with their own answers and get them to back into the right solutions. Yes, I, I think there's nothing wrong with that. I like it. Well, yeah. it, you yeah. know, talk about asking questions. I get to ask you a random question at this stage, um, mm -hmm. and you get to pick. You do have some control over this, and that you get to pick a number between one and twenty-five. I'll pick 13. 13. All right. Yeah. Okay. If you could solve one of the century's problems with your unique, special, and different, what would it be and how would you solve it? Oh, wow. One of our century's problems. Mm hmm. <laughs> um, hmm. I mean, it's only a hundred years for you to think. Through. Yeah, it's only a hundred years. I mean, so so I mean, honestly, to to part of this, part of my hesitancy, is that there are a lot of potential problems, right? I'm trying to like pick one in my mind and kind of go through the scenarios and make sure that the answer sounds good. Yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, the big problem that everybody kind of comes to mind is something like, um, you know, like climate change, right? And figuring out. Um, you know, just, you know, what's actually going to happen or what's likely to happen and how to, you know, how to, how to do something about that. I mean, I think, okay, maybe, let me, um, let me say, I think where I would bring my unique, special, different mm -hmm. is to organize a team and lead a team that involved the various capabilities, uh, that we would need to sort of address the, the problem that was chosen. Um, what I mean is there's uh, a lot of thought that has to go in at the beginning of a challenge like that into, you know, what is the actual problem? What's the real problem? How do we get the right answers we need? What domains, right? Is basically like a work breakdown. And that's what I would do uh, in the last, you know, 15 years of my career, maybe usually strategically, pro strategic problems for a company, right? Like how do I replace this or how do I add this on? But uh, it would be trying to bring that, um, defining the problem and then building the team to 
uh, actually kind of deliver the answers. And of course, this is very project management focused, but like really thinking about the schedule, right? And how you actually, uh, you know, make an impact and drive it all the way to like some kind of impact that you can measure. But I don't know. Um, I trust you with that. I like it. Yeah. You know, I, I think when you mentioned that, you know, and, and when I introduced you that you had to lead a lot of teams under intense pressure and, you know, no doubt solve a lot of problems, uh, explore a lot of scenarios and come up with like the at least the best choice, like, you know, the best option mm -hmm. given what you had to work with. And, uh, you know, there's so to your point, there's so many different problems right now that we could go tackle. Um, but it's great to know that you would take that approach. Right. And not just try to solve everything alone you would you would go get the right capabilities to go solve it and um, I, I think that's wonderful thank you you're welcome well James yeah. you know I I started this this podcast is a bit selfishly in that I I wanted to reconnect with people that I think are really cool and doing amazing things um, and inspire myself every day. I Every time I watch one of the episodes, I get re-inspired and, and reconnected to, to even my own purpose. Um, one of the things that I wanted to also be able to do is to, to give back to the community and, and have an impact, however small um, or however great, I wanted to be able to do that. And um, every guest gets to choose a nonprofit when they come on the show, and you chose one, the Organization of Black Aerospace Professionals. Um, will you tell us a little bit about the organization, what they do, and, and what's so important about them for you? Yeah, absolutely. So it's an organization that's really focused on improving uh, the representation inside the aerospace industry. And it really starts at an early age, and they focus on education and training, and you know, just trying to like spark people's imaginations and show that there's kind of a path. And so, you know, the last um, uh, five years or so, I've been very close to aerospace, and even before being at Amazon and building the Amazon Air team with um, its founding members, the the aerospace and defense industry was something I was touching in consulting. And, you know, unfortunately, it's just, uh, you know, it's come up in a, in a world where it's mostly white men, right? And I, you know, like most people are kind of concerned about, you know, the racism in society or inequality. And my personal, one of my personal perspectives is that there are a lot of things you can do like right now, but there's also like seeds that you have to plant that will take you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years, right? And so these groups that, any group that goes out and really engages, for instance, with younger um, children in school and promoting, um, you know, engineering, science, and technology just has like a special place in my heart. And that's why I chose that organization. That's great. Yes, and, and just representation in general, um, both in engineering and aerospace, um, is mm -hmm. is a real problem um, and for for women and minorities. And I'm I'm really glad that your your 
putting a spotlight on that and contributing to this organization. I wasn't familiar. I'm not as immersed in aerospace as you've been, um, but I'm glad yeah. that you've um, brought attention to the organization. And so at the end of the show, for those of you on YouTube, you can click on um, the QR code uh, that you'll see at the end and be able to go straight to the donation page um, so you can donate. If you're listening to us, you can just look up the organization uh, of Black Aerospace Professionals or visit our website to check it out. So James, as you think about, you know, what's coming next in your life and uh, what you're going to go focus on, anything coming up for you that you're excited about? Well, right now, my main effort is this startup and building a brand new company, trying to uh, start with a great team, but get into an area that uh, has a lot of potential, but also a lot of other companies that are doing great things. And, um, you know, we have some ideas on where we have an advantage. We actually have to take those ideas, implement and execute, and just over and over and over again, you know, drive um, kind of a level of excellence to make people really happy with, um, this is like very tactical, but the deliveries, right? When you order something online, uh, you want it to show up and you don't want to worry about it. And something like 86% of people that have a bad delivery experience take an adverse action against uh, the retailer. And, you know, it's one thing when these are giant retailing companies like Amazon and Walmart, but what I've really learned is that there's a huge swath of smaller companies, all kinds of sizes, but even down to like mom and pop shops that are now online and trying to participate in e-commerce. And so I'm just really super motivated to be creating like a delivery experience that lets them compete with these larger companies. And so uh, leveling that playing field and um, helping those kinds of companies uh, is sort of like my main goal here professionally for like the next like two years, three years. Um, you know, I think I just take things in like three-year increments when it comes to career. And on the personal side, it's just you know, it's I'm trying to build um, awesome adults out of children, and um, it's what I've learned there is that I have to keep learning and asking questions. Right? I don't know it all. Um, I might have figured out how to talk to a ten-year-old, but I don't know how to talk to a thirteen-year-old yet. And mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of room for growth there for me, and uh, we'll see how that turns out. Yes. Well, well, call me on that one because I have a soon-to-be 16-year-old, <laughs> um, so I am learning every day, um, and it, it is a constant learning, to your point. Um, well, I think that all sounds exciting. So you said you're going to be operational when? We start operations in September, right. and we'll have our first customers uh, this year, and of course, uh, going into Christmas and uh, what's called the peak shipping season will be very uh, pivotal. Yes. So. Well, everyone, I hope, uh, if, especially if you're running a small to medium business um, and you're looking to make that experience much better for your consumers, e-commerce is, is really blowing up uh, for lots of reasons. We're all shopping from home these days. Um, Pandian, we want stickers and labels all over every box that comes to your home <laughs> going forward. That is the goal. Um, so, James, I'm super excited for you. I'm so glad we got to connect. Please tell Kara and the kids hello from me. Um, and keep bringing your unique, special, and different to the world. Thank you, Jen. You too. Really appreciate it. Yes. Thanks for coming on the show today. Well, everyone, that's a wrap on today's show. This is See and Free Studio. Please subscribe at www.seeandfreestudio.com. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We are just about everywhere. We really appreciate you joining us each week, and we'll see you soon.